Hey, this is Sarah Marie, and you're listening to the Soul of Worship, Are You Making a Sound podcast. Here, we study the Word of God in an effort to get to know Him more deeply so we can worship Him more authentically. In the Soul of Worship online Bible study community, we are currently deep diving into the book of Psalms and unlocking the power with prayer and praise. To make these studies more readily available, I will also be loading the audio from our weekly lunchtime live recaps to the Soul of Worship podcast. If you'd like to join our Monday night Zoom discussions or get the PDF downloads, you can register at www.soulofworship.com forward slash online Bible study, or you can create a login to the workshop, our online learning portal at soulofworship.com forward slash workshop. Thank you for being here, and I pray that God speaks to you throughout today's class. All right, God bless everyone. Today, we are here for our Lunch Time Live. This is Sister Sarah Marie here with the Soul of Worship Ministry. Can we just give a hand clap to the Lord because I am actually live on time today, 12 o'clock on the dot. Um, that is a miracle. <laughs> so glory be to Jesus. God bless everyone who is joining us already today. Uh, we're going to get started in just a minute or two. Um, God bless you, Gidget. God bless whoever else is also joining in. If you are on, please say hello in the chat. Let me know where you're joining from, that you can hear me, see me okay, all of that good stuff. Um, and we are going to jump right into today's Bible study after we open up with some prayer. Also, if you can take this time to share this live with a friend, put it on your story, tag a friend in the, in the chat, or just share it onto your feed, that would be awesome awesome and it will give uh everyone an opportunity to know that we are live and that we're live on time i mean glory be to jesus right um and so <laughs> thank you gidget she gave me a couple of hand claps well give it to the lord because the lord made it happen amen so uh god is good god is so faithful and he is true so all right we're not gonna waste any time then we're gonna jump right in let us pray and then we're gonna jump in heavenly father lord i thank you for this day i thank you for your love and your mercy that is new every morning. Lord, I give you glory, God. I worship your mighty name. Lord, there is no one else like you. You are holy. You are amazing. You are the one true God and there is no other. And so we give you glory, God. We give you all honor. We give you all praise, Lord, because you are worthy of it all. And we just thank you for this day. We thank you for this time, Lord. We pray that you would bless this uh, lunchtime live, this Bible study recap time. Lord, I pray that you would reveal to us new and deeper truths in your word, God. Lord, that we would be, uh, that you would speak to us today, that you would open up our hearts and our ears and our eyes to hear from you, Lord. Holy Spirit, that you would minister to us wherever we are God whether we're in our homes whether we're driving whether we're cooking whether whatever it is that we're doing right now in this moment Lord that you would minister to us and that you would speak to our hearts and that we would grow in our spiritual walks with you Father God you're looking for us to start maturing Lord you want us to mature in our spiritual walk and so Lord I pray that as we study your word today as we feast on the bread of life that we will be nourished by your word that we will be washed by the living waters that we will be 
uh, renewed and restored in Jesus' mighty name. And so, God, I give you glory. I give you thanks. I pray for you to take complete control of this time. Speak in through me, Father God. Um, fill my mouth with your words and with your revelation and with your truth, God. Um, and I just plead the blood of Jesus over this entire uh, broadcast, this entire live stream, Father, and let your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So glory be to Jesus. Let's go ahead and jump right in. We are in the Psalms. We are unlocking the power with prayer and praise. And so we have over the last couple of weeks been in a bit of a mini series within the series. We've been talking about prophetic worship. And, and so today in week 14 of this study, um, we're going to be talking about the messianic psalms what that means we're going to dive deep into one of them a little bit of another one and so we're just going to see what the lord has in store for us tonight today on monday night let me tell you when we went through this study in our zoom discussion it was super powerful all glory be to god and so i know and i believe that god is truly going to continue to speak and minister to us today um but before i get in we get into this week's theme i'll give a quick recap of where we left off last time we'll talk about some key takeaways next steps announcements and then of course spend some time taking prayer requests as necessary and hopefully we you know you have some we can lift them up together all right, so what did we learn last time? As I mentioned, we were just d diving deep into just this this shift in um, uh, this time period, this historical time period where David wrote these Psalms just a little bit before that, what brought all of this uh, change to uh, the nation of Israel. And so Samuel, we talked about Samuel. Samuel the prophet was the bridge between a time when the word of the Lord was rare, when people rarely heard the word of the Lord, to a time when God God was speaking powerfully through this new band of prophets that Samuel was leading that worshiped as they released the sound of heaven. And it was because of this shift, because of Hannah's cry, because of that leading to Samuel and then Samuel's upbringing and Samuel's, um, you know, the office of prophet through Samuel that uh, leads us to from judges to kings to not hearing the word of the Lord to hearing the word of the Lord to having this prophetic worship released through David and through other prophets as well under Samuel's leadership. And we talked about how the prophetic worship environment changes everything. And so we walked through a few examples that were in for Samuel. Um, and we saw that these prophetic worshipers or these worshiping prophets, whatever you want to call it, they created through the power of the Holy Spirit, such a powerful Holy Spirit filled environment that we saw hearts change, that we saw enemies tactics defeated, that we saw the people of God protected in this environment. And so if it happens, then it still happens now. This is still the truth that we can rely on. And we know that David also learned through his intimacy, through maybe even the leadership of Samuel, how to release prophetic songs of praise. And because because he did, so can we. We can see that this is the design of God for us to worship him. And as we worship him, we receive revelation. And as we receive revelation of who he is, we then speak that back out through songs, through through prayer, through uh, whatever, just our voices, through the instrument of our vocal cords, we can release what God is speaking and what God is saying in the heart of God to 
everyone else that's around us, right? It's such a powerful, powerful thing. So in any case, that was last week, okay? <laughs> last week. And we're going to talk a little bit more specifically about messianic psalms, okay? And so what is a messianic psalm, right? What does that even mean? You might have heard the, the term thrown around. I've said it a couple times over the last couple of weeks. So what does it mean for a psalm to be labeled a messianic psalm? And so the answer is, while many psalms, maybe you can even bring up every single one of them, they all point to Jesus, right? In some type of symbolic view of future realities. Everything is about God. And if it's about God, it's about Jesus, right? God is my fortress and my strength. Jesus is my fortress and my strength. We know that that is true. But a messianic psalm is one that is super duper clear that it speaks of the Christ, that it speaks of the Messiah ahead of time, in a prophetic way, in a very direct prophetic statement, in a way that speaks specifically to the Savior to come. We can see it just because we know, you know, maybe in these moments when these songs were first released, David, maybe David didn't fully understand what he was writing. Maybe the people who sang this in uh, the assembly didn't fully grasp what was being sung, but because we know the New Testament, because we know what happened so many years later, thousands of years later now, we can say, wow, this was this was a song that was speaking of Jesus, that was so clearly speaking of him. And so Jesus also verified this, right? He verified the interpretation of these prophetic psalms as messianic, being about the Messiah, by declaring plainly that the psalm spoke about him just as much as the law of Moses did, just as much as the book of the prophets. And so he said this in Luke chapter 24, verse 44, he said, all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And so this is, I know, I, I think I shared this verse a couple of weeks ago, because this is kind of what kickstarted this idea that worship releases prophecy, that worship releases the word of the Lord, that worship releases understanding ahead of time, even because we're connected with the heart of God. And when we're connected with the heart of God, he releases his will. And his will was to send a savior. His will is still to save a people. And so that is how it all connects. And so just a little bit of a fun fact, there are about 25, depending on who you talk to, right? 25 Psalms that are labeled messianic. They're considered messianic. And almost all of them were Psalms of David, right? There were a couple that didn't have any indication of who wrote them. Um, there's uh, there's one that specifically says it was written by the sons of Korah, which were another um, kind of worship leaders in, in the time. And But most of them, like 90% of them were written by David. And so truly we know, and as we've been saying over the last couple of weeks, that not only was David anointed for position as king, but he was also anointed with the Holy Spirit's creative anointing, a creative anointing to compose prophetic lyrics. I mean, whew, that is powerful, right? And so this is this Davidic anointing as some of us, you know, may want to call it now, but it is the Holy Spirit releasing creativity, releasing uh, prophetic statements through the power of worship and praise. 
And so we're actually going to dive into Psalm chapter 22. It is one of those that are labeled the me- one of the messianic Psalms. And it's super duper clear, right? Like we're going to dive into some of these facts. Um, and it's a powerful one. So many people love this Psalm for good reason. And so we're going to dive in piece by piece into this chapter. So let's go ahead and jump in. Are you ready? You got your, your Bibles out. Psalm 22. We're going to read for verses one to two first. We're going to start right there. So first of all, right at the beginning, we get those little sub notes for this Psalm. It says to the chief musician set to the deer of the dawn. So that must've been a song of that time. He was like, I like that melody. We're going to sing these new lyrics to that melody. And it was again, a Psalm of David. So we don't know too much about what the deer of the dawn actually means, but it was clearly a song that they knew and he wanted to put new lyrics to that song. And so right from the top, verse one starts abrupt. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season and am not silent. Let's just stop right there. I mean, this starts so dramatically, right? This is an agony. This song begins abruptly. And this is a disturbing scene, right? David, David, someone who knows God, someone who trusts in God, someone who had previously written, the Lord never forsakes those who trust in him. He is crying out to God in agony. And he's going, why has my God forsaken me? Why has my God not answered my cries? And it's almost as if this concept feels foreign to David because he's like, my God, my God always responds to me. My God, why is it that you have forsaken me? Why is it that you are not answering me like you've done before? What is it that's going on here? I don't understand. He's questioning my God, my God. Like, and and that just, that duplication also just shows you just how stressed out David is feeling. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, we know that David lived in seasons of great danger, right? We know he lived in seasons of deprivation. We know he was being persecuted. We know he had to hide out in caves, right? But this song is even truer of Jesus the Messiah than of David. And we know for a fact that Jesus deliberately chose those words, these exact words, Psalm chapter 22, verse one, on to describe his agony on the cross, right? And you can read that in Matthew 27, 46. And so Jesus, and this is, uh, you know, we we kind of um, categorize the last seven sayings of Jesus on the cross, right? Um, And while he was physically nailed to the cross, the last seven things he said. And a lot of us study this every year, you know, around, you know, um, you know, the Easter season, Resurrection uh, Sunday, Good Friday. Um, And this is the first of the seven sayings of the cross that Jesus quoted Psalm 22, one saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in one of the commentaries that I was reading about this verse and the connection between Jesus speaking it, he said, hell is a total separation from God as a punishment for unrepented sin, a state of being forsaken. 
Jesus went through this hell experience in our place for our sins. So we will not have to. So the reason, right, that Jesus felt this separation was because he felt something on the cross that truly he never felt before, right? These are some of the most intense and also mysterious descriptions of what Jesus experienced on the cross for you and me, right? We know that Jesus had no great pain. He had been, you know, lashed 40, you know, 39 times. He had, you know, gone through carrying the physical cross. He went through pain and suffering, both physical and emotional during his life on earth. But in this moment, hanging on the cross, he had never known separation or alienation from God, his father, because he lived still a sinless life. He, this was the first time that Jesus felt the weight of sin. This was the first time that he felt separation from God because of that sin that that sin brings to humanity and so because he was carrying not only just sin for one people or sin for a generation he was carrying the sin of the world on his shoulders in this moment he experienced what he had never ever experienced before a feeling of separation from God my God He felt for the first time a separation from the presence of God because he was carrying sin for you and me. See, this is what happens when we sin. Sin separates us from relationship with God. Sin separates us from presence. And so right now, uh, Jesus could only think to quote these words from Psalm 22, 1 in that moment to describe his feeling that he had felt forsaken because he was carrying the sin of the world on his shoulders. And we know that on the cross, this holy transaction took place, right? As the apostle Paul would later write, God made him, God made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so again, I mean, I kind of alluded to it already, but why did Jesus deliberately choose to quote this Psalm on the cross? Why is it? Because he identified with this human feeling for the first time, right? He identified with the way David felt. He identified with the separation, this feeling of forsakenness. But there's more. There's more to this. Because this psalm does not end there, just in in this feeling of forsakenness. There is more. So let's keep reading Psalm chapter 22, verse 3 to 5. Here comes those moments. (laughs) those holy conjunctions in the word of God, right? But you are holy. Why, why, my God, have you forsaken me? But you are holy, right? It's just this, this shift, this change that happens. But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. Oh my God, but you are holy. 
See, David, as he wrote these words, inspired by the Holy Spirit, David turned his question into worship. And I believe that Jesus turned his question into worship as well. The forsaken one, even in this moment, feeling forsaken, remembered God, remembered his greatness, even in suffering, even when immersed in suffering. He didn't curse God. He didn't blaspheme God. He knew that his present agony did not change God's holiness. But you are holy, God. Nor did it change God's greatness. You are still enthroned in the praises of Israel. So, in the same way that David shifts his attention, I believe that Jesus was also quoting this psalm to show us how we get out of feeling from a forsaken place. Because, In other words, Jesus was saying, since God is enthroned in the praises of Israel, and I know this to be a fact, I know that you are holy and that you are enthroned in the praises of Israel. Let me worship you so that instead of feeling so so separated from your presence, I can reconnect with you and enter into your glory. See, this is the answer for when we feel forsaken, for when we feel alone, for when we feel like we cannot enter the presence of God. The word of God says you're enthroned in the praises of Israel, that we must enter into his gates with praise. And so if I need to reconnect myself with the presence of God, the way that I get in there is through worship. The way that I get in there is through recognizing who God is by enthroning him into my life by saying, God, you are still king. You still sit on your throne. I might feel a certain way. I might have this, this heaviness and this of these emotions and this separation, but I know that if I want to feel you again, if I no longer want to feel alone, if I need, if I want your comfort, then I need to come and acknowledge who you are and praise your mighty name. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Sister Sarah in the chat on Facebook says, hallelujah. This is such a powerful revelation and example. Yes. Glory be to God. And my sister Kiyosha over here on Instagram says, that's good. Yes. Glory be to the Lord. This is a kingdom key. Kingdom key. Even Jesus, while feeling abandoned, chose to use a psalm to dictate his feelings, to not only show us his feelings, but to reconnect with God in that moment. And, and I got to tell you that enthroning God is such an important part of our worship. Okay. There are few principles that are more essential to our understanding of worship than this one. The presence of God's kingdom power is directly related to the practice of God's praise. I'm going to say that again because this is too important. You need to you need to hear me on this. The presence of God's kingdom power is directly related to the practice of God's praise. You want to see kingdom power? You want to unlock the power of God in your life? Then you've got to unlock the praise that is in you. The verb enthroned indicates that wherever God's people exalt his name, 
He is ready to manifest his kingdom's power in the way that is most appropriate to that situation as you invite his rule to invade your setting. Come on now, somebody. I feel the presence of the Lord even as I say it because it is so powerful. God is awaiting. He is awaiting a church. He is awaiting a people who are prayerful, who are praise filled so that he can invade your space. He is waiting for prayerful, praise filled worship of his people as an entry point for his kingdom to come and for his will to be done. This is how Jesus even taught the disciples how to pray. He said, they said, how, how do we pray? Teach us, teach us, master. How should we pray? How did he start it off? Our father, right? Acknowledging that you have a father in heaven. Doing what? Sitting on the throne. You, Our father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. Holy is your name. That right there is worship alone. You are saying holy is your name. You are holy. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As I exalt the name of God, as I bring glory to his name, as I exalt and magnify him, I just admit that my father sits in heaven and is just full of holiness. That in and of itself is the invitation for his kingdom to come and his will to be done. So even though Jesus did not quote this entire 31 Psalm verse of, uh, uh, of Psalm 22, he didn't, he didn't say all these 31 verses up on the cross. I believe that he meant all of them by him just starting it off. Okay. The whole song applies. And I believe Jesus was choosing to worship God, the father as a way to overcome the unbearable battle of the cross right here in this moment. It, he is just human in nature. He has all of our sin sitting upon him. He is separated from the father and he chooses to go to something that is written as a praise by David. That's a kingdom key, guys. We cannot miss this kingdom key. That full of sin, separated, he chose to worship. Now, there are, like I said, 31 verses in this psalm. And there are a lot of references that you can be like, wow, that's about Jesus. That's about Jesus. That's about Jesus. That's why it's labeled the messianic psalm. Gidget in the chat, she says, yes, we must stay plugged into or reconnected in prayer and worship to keep his fire going in our spiritual lives. Yes, amen, amen. So here are a couple more specific details in Psalm 22 that point specifically to Jesus and point to the Messiah. So first, let's read Psalm 22, seven through eight. It says, all those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head saying, he trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. This is the ridicule that Jesus also received while he was on the cross, right? We, it's quoted, it's fulfilled in Luke 23, chapter thir uh, verse 35, also Matthew 27, 40 to 43, where the onlookers were going, oh, if he's the king of the Jews, why doesn't he get himself down from there, right? He was ridiculed by his enemies. He was mocked. And David wrote about it and Jesus fulfilled it. 
Also, Psalm 22, 16 says, For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Now we know that was fulfilled. Says it in 20, uh, John 20, verse 27 as an example. We know that Jesus was pierced in his hands and feet. He was nailed to the cross. So as much as David was writing this, right? Hundreds, maybe a thousand years ahead of time. It was prophetic in nature because maybe, maybe, maybe David did have an arrow go through his hand. Maybe he did have an arrow go through his feet or maybe he was just revealed something that was to come and he wrote about it in this song. Verse 18 says, they divide my garments among them and for my clothing, they cast lots. This is quoted in every single, all four of the gospels that the soldiers that they, they, that they, um, cast, they cast lots for the clothes of Jesus, right? For his garments. And so again, David wrote it, but Jesus fulfilled it. Powerful details. And there's so many. You can keep going and be like, mm, yeah, that's about Jesus. He's feeling like he's being poured out like water. That's verse 14. Oh, what happened when they when they stabbed him in the side? Water poured out of him, right? Like there's so many details in here which makes us understand that, that David was writing this truly under the anointing of the Holy Spirit to prophesy of what the Messiah would do. And even though there's so many verses about the agony and the turmoil and the, the just how horrible David was feeling and Jesus certainly felt on the cross, victory comes. Let's see the second half of this chapter. Picking up in verse 19 says, but you, O Lord, do not be far from me. Oh, my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. You have answered me. You have answered me. What? What? The prayer request is asked again, and now it's answered. David asked once again, do not be far from me, right? He started off going, I feel forsaken. I feel like you're not here. And now once again, he's going, please don't be far. Please come back. Strengthen me. Help me. Deliver me. Save me. And now suddenly he says, you've answered. The answer just suddenly came. We often may feel forsaken in the midst of great suffering, but sometimes we just have to keep knocking on that door and then suddenly it's going to be opened. Suddenly what we thought we were experiencing disappears. Suddenly what we thought we were feeling is no longer an issue. God is not far from us. All we have to do is call out to him, cry out and say, strengthen me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Do not be far from me deliver me save me and suddenly we're gonna say you have answered me my god and we know that the resurrection of jesus christ from the cross was an answer to not only his prayer that he was crying out for on the cross of calvary but his resurrection is the answer to every agonizing prayer that we could ever say the prayer of our human souls we are never forsaken because we have the power of jesus christ because we can come to the father in the name of jesus at all times and even when the enemy 
may want to make us feel like we're forsaken, we know that we can just say, but you, oh God, are holy. And you are enthroned in the praises of Israel. So I'm going to enthrone your name. I am going to worship you. And as I worship you, you establish yourself. You come and dwell in my situation. You come and sit right next to me and your presence strengthens me and delivers me. My God. Continuing on, verse 22 says, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. Remember, you, you've answered me. So you have answered me. And now suddenly we got some more worship coming out. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him and fear him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Right? He was feeling forsaken and now he said, no, he has. He actually didn't forsake me. He hasn't ignored me, nor has he hidden his face from me. But when he cried to him, he heard. Again, we know David's writing this, but it's so clear that he is seeing a future state because look at this last line. But when he, capital he, cried to him, he heard. When Jesus cried to the father, the father heard. The father heard him. My God. It's so good. It just like blows my mind, right? Blows my mind. Continuing, verse 25 says, My praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will pay my vows before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust shall bow before him. Even he who cannot keep himself alive, a posterity shall serve him. It will be recounted of the Lord to the next generation. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has done this. How powerful is the second half of this psalm? Starts off with agony and turmoil and ends in complete victory. This is the result. Jesus endured the cross by relying on the worshipful prayers written by David and inspired by the Holy Spirit so that Jesus could bring even greater glory and greater praise to God the Father. Psalm 22, 22, he said, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. On the night before Jesus' crucifixion, Jesus prayed a glorious prayer. And one line of that prayer actually reads in John 17, 26, I have declared to them your name and will declare it 
Those words prayed in the shadow of the cross can be understood as a deliberate desire to fulfill this word in Psalm 22. Jesus told the disciples before he was crucified, hey, I have declared to them your name. He's praying this to God, actually. He says, I've declared to my disciples the name of God, and I'm going to declare it still. No matter what I'm about to endure, I'm still going to worship you. I am still going to fulfill every word that's been written about me in the Psalms and I'm going to declare it. And so it is just so powerful that Jesus's goal was to bring glory to God. So the purpose of the agony is revealed here in this final section of Psalm 22. It reflects the primary reasons that Jesus went to the cross. He went to the cross, number one, to glorify the Father, to obey the commands from his Father, from God Almighty. And he did it to release praises to God. I will praise them in the midst of the assembly. What was he doing on that cross? He was in the, in the midst of the people, the people of God, right? The Israelites, the Jewish people were around him. And Jesus chose to, with his last words, point to, to Psalms, point to worship. And so he was releasing praises to God while hanging on the cross. Why? So the poor can eat. So that the poor shall be satisfied. So that the poor can praise the Lord and live forever. What? So that you and I can have eternity with him. So all the ends of the world can turn to the Lord. So that all the world, not just the Israelites, but the entire world can turn to God, can repent and have salvation and worship before God. So that a future generation will be saved and shall serve him. Right? Verse 30, a posterity shall serve him. A posterity is a generation of people. A generation of people to come are going to see. They're going to hear about what he's done and they're going to believe and then they're going to worship. And so that the testimony of a God who delivers, even someone feeling completely forsaken, can be recounted to all future generations and God's righteousness can be shared to a future people. And they can say, wow, look at what Jesus has done. And even in some translations in the Amplified, that last verse says, and it is finished. I mean... So amazing. It's so amazing. <laughs> and so from the beginning to the end, like I said before, the first of the last seven words of Jesus was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 22, 1. Jesus Christ might have started his mission, right? Started that moment physically on the cross, feeling defeated and abandoned because he was carrying the sin of the world on his shoulders, but he did not end that way. Jesus's final words on the cross were victorious and they display a reestablished relationship with God the Father. The last word that Jesus spoke on the cross before dying, he cried out with a loud voice, Father, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Luke 23, 46. But this is also a direct quote from guess where? Another psalm. Psalm 31, 
5. And Psalm 31 is a Psalm of David titled, The Lord of Fortress in Adversity. I mean, come on. So as we said before, while Jesus was carrying the sin of the world on his shoulders, he felt forsaken from God because this was the first time he had felt separated because of the sin. Because of the sin, he felt that separation and felt forsaken and he quoted Psalm 22. But now at the end, he's not saying, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's once again saying, Father, Father. And he ends by quoting another song of praise, another song of trust. And so you see what happens when we feel forsaken, feel separated because of sin. We come to the Lord, we worship him, we repent from it, we release that to the Lord. We now have reestablished relationship with the Father. This is the work of the cross. And we see that Jesus fulfilled it from beginning to end with his first and last breath on the cross. I don't know about anybody else, but this literally blows my mind. And I want to read to you a little bit of Psalm 31. Psalm 31, the Lord of fortress and adversity. Again, to the chief musician, a Psalm of David says, In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Bow down your ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out. Pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me. For you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Doesn't it make sense why Jesus would quote that? Doesn't it make sense? Jesus in and of himself was also the greatest worshiper. Greatest example for us. Because what helped Jesus endure the cross? Praise, worship. Even in his darkest moments, Jesus chose to worship from the beginning to the end of his crucifixion. With those breaths that you can imagine how difficult it was for for him to even say what he said. He may have wanted to quote the whole psalm, but he just said, let me do the first one. Let me do this first. Let me do that first. Because it was so physically agonizing and difficult. But yet he continued to rely on scripture to get him through. And not just any scripture, but he relied on songs of praise. As we talked about before, these songs were both to the chief musician, which means that they were well known among the fellow Jews who were crucifying him. To the chief musician means that when David wrote these Psalms, he said, I want this to be sang in in corporate worship. I want, I'm going to send this to the chief musician. I'm going to send this to the worship leader. I'm going to send it so that it can be sung the next time we come together again on Sabbath. And so these songs that Jesus quoted on the cross were well known to the Jews around him. They were well known to the ones who were crucifying him. So they knew what he was saying. They knew that he was choosing to worship, to praise God in the midst of his agony on the cross. So truly Jesus was the son of David, right? We we know that prophecy of the son of David. And he and Jesus even says in Revelation, I am the son of David, right? The root of Jesse, the bright and morning star. 
So while on earth, Jesus was also a worshiper of God the Father, even in his greatest moments of despair. His heart trusted in God through the times of tears, through the turmoil, and all the way into triumph. And so what a perfect example for us again. We have to rely on a worship to endure our cross too. If Jesus used praise to get him through the cross, then when we pick up our cross and follow him, we follow his example. That we go to the Psalms, that we sing a song, that we can sing a song that talks about even how how far away we feel from God. But then we turn around and say, but you're holy God. You're holy. You're enthroned in my praise. So because you're enthroned in my praise, your power is going to be established here. And as I worship you, your kingdom power is going to be released. And your kingdom power in that moment on the cross for Jesus gave him the strength to endure, to complete the transaction, to pay the price, to be the ultimate sacrifice for you and I. My God. If Jesus relied on praise, then I got to rely on praise too. If Jesus relied on worship, then I got to worship. If Jesus relied on prayer, then I got to pray. Solutions are not just going to come into our lap. We need to invite the presence of God. We need to unlock the power of the kingdom. And by doing that, we invite the Lord into our situations. We enthrone him with our praise. We magnify his name. We acknowledge who he is. And we watch God release his power on the scene. I hope that is talking to somebody here today. It fires me up, fires me up. This is such a key for us to know as Christians. We have so much power in the name of Jesus and this worship is a spiritual weapon of warfare. Worship is my warfare. Again, you cannot lose this fact. You cannot lose it. It's so important. So, You tell me, what are you taking away from this today? What are you taking away from Psalm 22? What are you taking away from Psalm 31? What are you taking away from this conversation that we've had over the last couple of weeks about prophetic worship? What what are you holding on to? Let me know in the chat. I'll give you a couple more reminders, but let me know in the chat how you're going to apply this to your life. Amen. I'm going to take a sip of water while you wait and you tell me something. (laughs) Put it in the chat. My God. I need you to remember that God is holy and he's enthroned in our praise. He's enthroned in our praise. When you're feeling distant, when you're feeling alone, If you're feeling forsaken right now, turn to worship. Invite God to invade your situation. Because as you enthrone God, you dethrone everything else. As you enthrone God, you dethrone everything else. All those false idols in your life come crashing down as they should. When you choose to acknowledge that it is God who is holy. It is God who is the only one deserving of your praise. That God is the one who can pull you out. That only God is the one who can save you and deliver you and strengthen you. That God is the one in whom you put your trust. As you enthrone God, 
you dethrone everything else. As I said before, if Jesus relied on praise and worship to strengthen him through the cross, let us follow his example for how to endure our own daily cross. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you. I give you glory. I give you honor. Lord, you are holy. You are holy. You are high and lifted up. And you are enthroned in my praise. You are holy and enthroned in my praise. You are holy and enthroned in our praise. You are holy and enthroned in our praise. High and lifted up, glory to your name. High and lifted up, glory to your name. My God, Lord, I just had to release that worship onto your throne, God. Because you are holy and you're enthroned in our praise, you are high and lifted up. We give all glory due to your name, my God. Lord, we thank you and I pray that you would continue to empower your people to release the sound of worship that moves mountains and brings your kingdom power down, my God. Lord, we honor you. We honor you. We know that you are the only one who can save us and deliver us and we put our trust in you because, Lord, those who Put their trust in you shall never be forsaken. You, we shall never be forsaken, my God. Lord, the way you did not leave Jesus on the cross, but you lifted him up. You gave him the strength to complete the mission, Lord. Lord, let us realize what you're doing in our lives and give us the strength to endure our cross, to complete our mission here on earth, God, and that we would see glory, Lord. We would endure for the sake of the joy that is coming, my God, that we would endure for the sake of the victory that we have in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank Thank you, Lord. We thank you, my God. We give you all honor and all praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Sister Gidge in the chat, she says, many of us don't realize that as simple as worshiping the Lord has so much power to break chains, fill us with his peace, love, hope, and his presence. It's finding the time with him that makes it hard at times, but he comes first before everything. Yes, my sister, that is so, so good. I agree with you 100%. My God, glory be to Jesus. All right, couple of announcements and then we will take any prayer requests if you have any. Uh, feel free to put the prayer requests into the chat now. So by the time I get to the announcements, I actually see them because there's a little bit of a delay uh, between when I see comments and when, you know, the live is going through. <laughs> so put it in there now. All right, so I can see it before we end. Um, but the weekly Bible study schedule for the Soul of Worship ministry is that every Monday night we have a Zoom Bible study discussion. So um, it's a little bit more intimate. We're able to chit chat. We're able to pray for each other directly. Um, and so if you want the Zoom link to join us at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Mondays, uh, make sure to register at my website, soulofworship.com. Uh, put in your name and email and then you'll be put on the list and get the reminders and the Zoom link. Uh, next week, we're actually going to start migrating into the second book of the Psalms, which are uh, chapters 42 to 72. So we're going to start looking at some of the themes within chapters 42 to 72. And that's going to uh, start next week. 
then on Tuesday, I send out the email with the PDF download, the whole presentation, and I also load the presentation into the workshop, our online learning portal. So again, if you're registered, then you should have gotten the email. Make sure to look for it, reply to it. Let me know what you're, you're feeling um, or any takeaways. I love to get um, email communication back and forth from anyone who wants to share. Um, and if you don't have a login to the workshop, please go and get it. Soloworship.com forward slash workshop. There's so many resources available. I put all this stuff together so that it can be used. And so you don't have to worry about copyright. You can take it and teach somebody else. <laughs> um, and then as long as we have a Monday night Bible study, I'm here on Wednesdays doing the recap for those who aren't able to join the Zoom. Or just want to watch again um and so lunchtime live you can catch me here every wednesday at 12 o'clock eastern time via facebook and on instagram uh and then on by thursday i load up the facebook live video into the workshop again i load it up into youtube if you prefer to watch that if you miss the beginning and want to go back or uh just want to go back to previous weeks please go to youtube or go to the workshop which has everything and i also um try to load up the pod uh the audio to the podcast. So if you want to listen to it in the car or while you're working out or something, you can do that for sure. Uh, if you haven't registered, you can go to soulofworship.com forward slash online Bible study. Uh, you can, there's a clickable link here in the Facebook, uh, comment section here it is pinned to the top so if you want to click on that otherwise go to soulofworship.com forward slash online bible study or um, you can also click the link in my bio over on instagram and it'll take you to all of the quick links of all the things that i, be, I that i talk about during these announcements um also if you haven't made yourself a login for the workshop, the online learning portal. You can go to soulofworship.com forward slash workshop. Uh, again, it has the recap video, has the PDF downloads, and it has all the weeks in there. So, um, and not only for the Psalms, but there's also all the PDF downloads for all the previous uh, Bible studies that we've done since 2020. So there's a lot of Bible study material in there. Go and get it and study the word of God. And the more you know him, the more you will worship him. <laughs> If you don't already connect with the Soul of Worship ministry, I would encourage you to follow on Facebook, on Instagram, Apple Podcasts, get that login for the workshop. Also follow on YouTube. I am looking to try to go live on YouTube, but I can't go live until I hit a certain number of follows on YouTube. So if you don't already follow at Soul of Worship ministry on YouTube, if you wouldn't mind clicking that little subscribe uh, so that we can open up more more stuff to also go live on YouTube and reach more people. Uh, if you feel led to support the ministry, you can certainly do so. You can sow into sow at soulofworship.com forward slash partner. You can do a one-time contribution. You can partner for you know $5 a month, $20 a month, um, any amount um, if you feel so led in that way. You can also support us by visiting the ministry shop at soulofworship.com forward slash shop. Um, if you would like, uh, I just dropped something. <laughs> if you would like a nice mug or a t-shirt or a sweatshirt or a book, all of it's available there. I also invite you, it's happy March, right? Today's March 1st. And so we are just 10 days away from our waffles and worship event. It's going to be an awesome time at our church, Pentecostal Christian Church Mission of Love in Penarjo, Pennsylvania. So if you are local or willing to drive, we invite you to come on March 11th at 10 a.m. We're going to have a top your own waffle buffet. And then we're going to have a Bible study teaching from my book, Worship, Are You Making a Sound? Um, and also a special class for the kids. And so we invite you to come 
come. If you haven't, if you're planning on coming and you haven't gotten a ticket yet, please get a ticket. We want to be sure that we have the right head count, enough food, enough books for everybody. Um, and so please, please, please go to soloforship.com forward slash events for a ticket. Um, there, it's not expensive. It's, uh, mostly just to cover the, the cost for the food and to, um, as a fundraiser, right? We're trying to raise some funds to do more and more things for the glory of God, especially for our uh, rallies, our worship rallies that we do at the parks in the summertime, uh, trying to cover the park fees. And so um, if you can't make it, but you want to sponsor somebody, please let me know. Um, cause I know there's some people who want to come or maybe have, they got a lot of kids and they want to cover a couple of the kids. So, um, if you feel led in that area, please let me know as well. You can send me a, a direct message or email, call me, uh, whatever the case may be, or just buy the ticket and put it in the chat in the little notes in the order and say, this is a donation. So please, but come, I want people to be there. It's going to be a great time. Amen. Uh, it's good to be physically together with people. And if you're unable to go, but you like, hey, I want a copy of that book. So the worship, are you making a sound? Um, you can find this book on Amazon. You can find it on my website, soulofworship.com forward slash book. Um, you can find it wherever books are sold. All you got to do is Google the name or Google my name, Sarah Marie Popolo, and you will find it. Okay. It's a 12 week Bible study book. It instructs you on 12 different aspects of worship, where to find it in the Bible, answer the questions. Um, it truly is a powerful journey through understanding the power of worship. Um, and not only do I have the book, but I also created an online video course to go along with each chapter and so if you want to take advantage of that, you can go to soulofworship.com forward slash course. Right now, I believe so strongly in this and the Lord keeps pushing me to keep talking about it that um, right now you can get the online course for the, a for a ministry donation of any amount. So if you go to soulofworship.com and forward slash course, you put in a dollar, you'll get access to the videos and you'll get this in the mail. If the Lord leads you to donate more than a dollar, then praise the Lord, right? Um, but if you can't afford it, but you want to know, that's all that matters because my heart's desire is just to see more people operating in the power of worship. And I don't want finances to be a block for you getting that, right? Yes, it costs me money to print books. Yes, it costs me money to ship them. Yes, it costs me money to have these online portals. But if you need it, it's yours. So please just go to soulofworship.com forward slash course and we can get uh, get you set up. But of course, if the Lord leads you to put a bigger amount, hallelujah. <laughs> all right, that is all of my announcements. Um, I thank you for sticking around with me for that. Um, how can we pray for you? Does anyone have any prayer requests that they would like to add to the chat? Let me know. I will give it a couple of minutes. I'm just going to double check here. Oh, that's messing that up on that side. Okay. <laughs> Making sure I can see. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Amen. All right. All right, I'm going to do a general prayer then for all those who are sick. Father God, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I just pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you would extend your healing hand, Father God, and all those who are ill, who need a deliverance from, from sickness, Father God, in the name of Jesus. In this moment, I present my Uncle George. Father God, we're still believing in a miracle over his life, Father God, and we pray for you to release your healing uh, touch over his body from head to toe, that you would regulate his body, that you would put every 
every organ back into complete function, Father God. Lord, with this blood transfusion, Lord, that you would give him what his body needs, Father God, that it will be your blood, Lord, the blood of Jesus, cleansing him um, from head to toe and restoring his body and his mind and his heart and his lungs and his kidneys, Father God, every function, his brain, his brain, Father God, neurological, Lord, we pray for restoration of it all in the mighty name of Jesus and all those who may be suffering from any type of disease, any type of affliction, Lord, we pray for your healing virtue to, to come upon them right now, Father God, if anyone is in pain that is listening right now, Lord, we pray for complete healing and deliverance from those ailments in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we believe that healing is our portion and that you've already conquered every sickness and every pain and every affliction on the cross of Calvary. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, with that being said, I got, since I started on time today, I'm even ending on time. I mean, how about that? 1259. Um, so I got, I bless you all in the name of Jesus. I pray you have a wonderful rest of the day. Um, and if anybody needs anything, please feel free to reach out. Amen. Amen. Yes. Thank you so much, Sister Gidge. Thank you for keeping my uh, my uncle in your prayers. I definitely appreciate that. Our whole family does. So we thank you. But all right. Have a great rest of the day. We love you. And we'll talk to you soon. God bless you. God bless you. Are you walking through a season of barrenness? Do you need to stir up spiritual growth in your life? In worship, are you making a sound? Author Sarah Marie Popolo shares praise and worship that will transform your walk with the Lord. You'll gain new insight into the powerful tool God has given you in worship. Walk through this 12-week Bible study and learn how to use your voice to declare God's promises over your life and watch your desert flourish into a garden of praise and triumph. Available at Amazon, your local bookstore, or at Trilogy.tv. As a reminder, this Bible study is available as a PDF download on my online learning portal called The Workshop. To download this study with all of the notes and scripture references, please go to www.soulofworship.com forward slash workshop and join our community. The link is also in the show notes. All right, that's it for today's episode. Don't forget to follow the Soul of Worship Ministry on Instagram and Facebook and join the email newsletter so you never miss out on new Bible study resources and live Bible study and worship events. Find it all on www.soulofworship.com. Until next time, keep on praising.